On today's episode, I'm joined by Richard Evans. Now, he's the founder of Vavavoom, which we're going to dig into a little bit more as we go on, and also of the company Awaken to Business. Now, he's been investing in property for 25 years. He's got 35 years of experience in the work in working in the corporate sector. But since 2018, he's been helping other property investors and business owners to free up their time by outsourcing tasks to virtual assistants. And it's that we're going to really dive into today. So it's my pleasure to welcome Rich Evans to the show. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools, and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits, and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day, and this is Systemize Your Success. Hi, Steve. Thank you very much indeed for inviting me in. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming along. All right. So, I mean, we have spoken before. Uh, we're in similar sort of industries. We both work closely with virtual assistants and we're massive advocates of that. So I, I guess we're going to probably have quite a lot to talk about. So um, we should get kicked off. And where should we start? I mean, one thing that both of us, I've been speaking to before, what both of us feel quite strongly about is about for the Philippines and why you know, we we both chose or chose or have chosen to not only use the Philippines, but also promote that somewhere where other people should to find virtual assistants. So I have my own opinions, but they're boring mm-hmm. for the for the audience. So let's hear what yours are. Why why do you feel the uh, Philippines is such a great place for outsourcing work to to virtual assistants and, and just finding staff, basically? Sure, sure. Well, firstly, I I took on a virtual assistant myself to help me with my own business, and and I had heard that the Philippines was a great place to uh, to recruit virtual assistants. And a funny story, actually, I actually thought to myself, mm, I'm not really sure about this, and I actually decided to take on two virtual assistants, one from the Philippines and another one based in the UK that could manage that virtual assistant. Um, and after the first month. I realized that the person that I'd hired in the Philippines was far better than the the, the manager. Um, and um, so I actually got rid of the UK person and just worked with the, with the person from the Philippines. And, you know, I have really got the, I've, I've now sort of grown to really love the Philippines and, and Filipinos, really. They, you know, they have got a really, really good work ethic. Um they're they're honest they're loyal they're hard working they want to do well they want to be part of your business you know there are so many good reasons um for taking people on from the philippines they've got this great ethic and and they're they're very sensitive you know they're nice people they've they've, they've, they've got this wonderful nature about them so yeah so um i've got now a big team uh, in the philippines that that are doing various different tasks for me and um there's no need for me to go anywhere else really um because they're just such wonderful people yeah i, I couldn't agree more my experiences have gone from strength to strength over the years and i'm not saying there was you know every you can't sort of a general sweep, sweeping generalization across the entire nation uh, and I have ha- had people that you know, they're just they weren't really committed. But I mean, it's the few and far between. It's the, the odd ones out are the ones that just don't actually seem properly up for it. For mm. you know, like you just said, committing, getting involved. Um, people that want to stick around for the long term and really add value to your company. That is the the norm, and, yeah. and it's the exception to the rule when you find people that don't fit that. So yeah, 
I totally agree. And, you know, we um, we have a very, very thorough screening process. We know how to recruit. So yeah. we we get, I think last month we got 350 applications came through from, from one of these. Um, and, you know, typically out of that 350, we may get 10 to 15 that may pass our screening. And then we put them through a training process and we'll lose a few more through the training process. So, you know, we 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 do get a lot of applications, but to, you know, the, the ones that we end up with are really, really good. You know, they 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 are the superstars. Yeah, no, interesting numbers actually, because we we've recently recruited for someone for ourselves internally and um similar sort of numbers. We 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 want about 200 applicants. Thereabouts, I, can't, I didn't actually do it myself, but I think from from memory, and um, and we got down to two uh, after going th- going through like, jumping through all the hoops, etc. And then we'll we'll actually uh, you know take two on in parallel, not in the same way you did. They're actually going to be working on some trial work to actually see which one excels in the first week. And I recommend that for people who are taking their, their own people on sometimes. Um, so how many? You, you said you had a big team. I'm interested. How many? How many people do you actually now employ indirectly or directly in the Philippines? So doing. So we have the core team. So these are people that are doing uh, doing my work, if you like, doing my admin, yeah. bookkeeping, property management, and things like that. Um, so I've I've got about 22 that are on, on my core team, and then for clients, we've probably got 70 or 80, something like that, on top of that, that are doing client work. Wow! So nearly 100. Yeah, assistants now, and they're not yeah. assistants; they're employees, aren't they? Just have to be based in there or contractors well, or whatever. They're, they're, they're freelancers. Freelancers. So they, yeah. they, they, they work for themselves. Effectively, they're running their own business. Um, some of them may have two or three different clients. Um, so, yeah, that's. But they're they're, they're freelancers uh, working under our our sort of uh, service agreement. And so, how is it? How do your services work? So, is it that you and you explain it? <laughs> okay. All right. So. So we talk about the Philippines being, um, you know, being such a good place to actually recruit virtual assistants. But of course, a lot of people, um, they decide they're going to take on a virtual assistant and they've never outsourced before. They've perhaps never actually led a team before. Um, they don't understand the culture um, and they don't know how to task manage. And I found when I first started, this is how the business really started off. And um, people were saying to me, Richard, it's amazing the way you've got this virtual assistant that's doing all this work for you. Um, and some people were saying that they tried working with a virtual assistant and it hadn't worked out for them. And I found that there were common mistakes that people make. Um, first of all, it's not just about having a virtual assistant. You know, it's it's about having the systems in place, using the right software, having processes, these sorts of things. Um, and yeah, and knowing how to understanding the culture uh, knowing how to delegate, having a way of delegating the task and keeping track of what's going on and all these sorts of things. So people started asking me if I would mentor them and help them um, when it came to recruiting a virtual assistant and putting the systems in place. And that's how Awaken to Business came came around. Um, and so I was doing a bit of recruitment and a bit of mentoring. Um, and this was only as recent, this was 2018. And over Christmas that year, I started to think to myself, you know, there must be a way that I can come up with some kind of really, really good service where we're recruiting the VAs, we're giving them training, um, and we're giving some training to to uh, clients as well on how to get it right, how to avoid all these common mistakes. And that's when I came up with Va Va Boom. 
so Vam Vam Vum is not the business. Awaken to Business is the business. And Vam Vam Vum is the virtual assistant support and recruitment uh, part of the part of the company. And so this is what we do. So we recruit the virtual assistants. We train them to work the Vavavum way when it comes to task management. We train them on our culture. We give them all the education that they're going to need to become really, really good virtual assistants. And the clients, when they come on board, um, we give clients the education that they need as well. So they get mentoring on how to um how how to work with VAs again the culture in the Philippines our task management system um the way of doing things and we train them in how to be a great leader not to be a boss or a manager but you know be there to support your team as well and inspire people and motivate people to to get the best out of them so that's really what we what we do yeah, I think fantastic. This is very, very close to my heart. I mean, it's a lot of the we have a lot of similarities in in, in or some similarity, I should say, in the way we uh, work with with our clients because we come from a slightly different angle. Yeah. Um, but all those things you said, I totally, totally um, agree with, and to the point that if you don't have those things in place, so if you don't have the ability to delegate and task manage, manage people, be the leader, all those essential things you just said. I mean, those are the reasons why most people find it difficult because they yeah. think it's just something that like you get somebody and throw stuff at them in a disorganized way. And somehow that person's going to be a superstar and figure out what you actually meant. And and yeah. humans are humans that they know people need to, they can't guess, they can't make stuff up. So all those things you just said, yeah, I, I think are the, the key. And, and they're not, it's not rocket science, but it's just right. having those, that, that formula or that framework to work to that makes it so much easier for people i think so fantastic it, it really it really is and you know sometimes still sometimes i might get i might get a call from a client that says you know it's not really working out with us uh, i think uh, I, I don't think you know this ba is really the the best i think maybe we should try try somebody new and i'll go oh really um and i'll say you know the first things i'll say is are you using trello as the task management that's the way we talked about it well no not really and and, and are you having weekly zoom calls with them at least once a week to run through the task no not really and are you reading the daily reports when they come through and and you know it's where the client isn't doing all the stuff that we tell them to do yeah. and then they wonder why it doesn't really work out for them they think they're going to yeah. get an, and that's not fair to the VA as well because if, then the VA loses a client because the client's not doing their bit and if we were to replace just replace them like that then we give them another VA and it's not going to work out with them it's you know it's very very important that the client is working the right way and the VA is working the right way yeah it's interesting to hear say that we used to have exactly the same conversations when we used to do what you do when we used to have a team of assistants that we sort of hired out to, to people on a temporary basis and um those are the same conversations that we used to have time and time again yeah and um they're very frustrating when you know people are as in the virtual assistants or the, the staff are probably just trying their hardest to make yeah. it work but if you give someone you know blunt tools or you know bad instruction then they're going to really struggle and um i think one of the things that you know we talked about delegating so we use asana we use trello both task management apps similar sort of mm -hmm. idea um but what most people do is use instant messenger or email and yeah. I, I know just i'm reading between the lines here but go on explain why in your words 
I've talked about this endlessly, but I love to hear other people's opinions, why we so, shouldn't be doing that. So, so I always say to people, uh, this is part, part of the mentoring that I give to people, is that always communicate at the very highest level that you possibly can. So if you're at home and you want to talk to somebody in your family and they're in a different room, don't shout through the hallway at them. You know, get up and go into the in, into the same room and have a proper conversation. Now, of course, with a virtual assistant, they're on the other side of the world. So you can't do that. But what you can do is you can have a Zoom call. So have the conversation over Zoom. Um, if you can't do that, perhaps because you're driving or something like that, then, OK, have a voice call. And obviously you can be anywhere free of charge, anywhere in the world. So that is but that's where it stops. Never, ever have a conversation on email or text. Um, you know, it's not a conversation. It's not interactive. Um, things get misinterpreted. Um, there's no tone of voice. So, so, you know, it's really, really important. If I want to talk to one of my team, I will send them, we use Slack rather than WhatsApp. I'll send them a Slack message. I'll say, are you free to join me on Zoom? Um, and then we can have a proper conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, so I was listening to some some interesting inf uh, data. Um, when you're communicating with somebody, 7% of the communication is in the words, in the language that you use. 35% is in the tone of voice. And 53% is in the body language. So, you know, that is why it is so important that if you can, do it face to face. Can't agree more. I tell you, what, I, I will add one thing that we do a lot of in our in our company because of the the time difference. Um, and a couple of my staff, they'll start work at my time about 3 a.m., and I'm an early riser, but I don't often get up at three. No. And um, and so we do a lot of video voice message, video, sorry, video messaging, video messaging yep. as well. So asynchronous video communication. Um, and I find it's not as good as being one-to-one, -one, but it can be more convenient. And still you're getting all of those things you described as essential parts of communication. Um, so I think that's a really good tool for the toolbox yeah. as well. Yes, yeah. yeah, no, definitely it is. Yeah, it's again, it's it's not interactive, but but it, it, that is also a very good way of building up to the conversation that you're going to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all, all the meetings, that, like like you, I mean, it's it, it was interesting when we first spoke, and and hearing you sort now as well. Things like daily check-ins, weekly one-to-ones, all these things that we advocate, and they're all part of our of our systems. And it's just it's so interesting when you speak to people that have similar values that are on doing similar things and how how similar for a third time similar in a sentence how similar the uh, the the take on how you do something is and you realize that when you i think it's really reassuring when you speak to people like like we are doing now when you're thinking you know we must be on the right track if we yeah. both independently got to pretty much the same the same idea for for the fundamental core stuff i think that's that's really reassuring yeah well it, we know it works yeah we know it works that's it yeah um, one thing that I, I'm interested in, because you have nearly 100 staff uh, or in, uh, associates or whatever in the, in, the, um, in the Philippines, and I've got at most I had 14. And so I was just getting into that, that point at that stage of, of um, levels of management. So we had a, so, so there was myself and there was a manager, and then actually there was a, a sort of sub-manager who was actually just dealing with the, with the new recruits coming in. Um, but we never really got beyond that. 
And I'm interested, you know, with that team of hundred, there must be layers of management within that. And I'd love to just dig, take, you know, dig into that with you. And and how do you structure that? How does it work? And especially with all the people living remotely. Yeah. So so it's not easy, you know, and it it happens over a period of time. Um, so yeah, I'm the CEO of the business. Um, and I'm totally reliant on my team and having the right people and those layers, as you say. So I'm the CEO of the business, um, and um, under there, we have a senior leadership team, okay? Uh, So these are, if you like, directors of of the company, um, and I have them for the the various different functional areas. So we we have marketing, we've got on sales, um, operations, finance they, those are the, the the key areas so we have we have um and we also have training as well um so we have the senior leadership team there and then under them we have team leaders and then we have the team under there so we've they're they're, they're the different layers and is that uh the director level is that also based in the philippines yeah yeah they're they're, they're all on, not on the property business on the property business my direct my co-directors are all here in the uk um but as far as awakened to business is concerned all in the philippines okay and how did, did you recruit those people in at that level or did you scale them up or, or train them up sorry how did yeah they they've they've all learned it they've all learned it so everybody has come in at uh at, at the at, at just a team level and then they have moved up depending on you know their abilities yeah that's exactly exactly the way we've done it over the years as well everybody has the same recruitment process with a, a couple of exceptions like if i'm hiring um graphic designer web developer somebody with a specialist skill set or maybe i'm looking for uh, somebody particularly um customer facing role compared to a back office um systems uh geeky sort of role then i might have slight tweaks in the process um right. but except for that people come in at at to date anyway at one level and then they uh promote it up and i think what i found i would love to hear your opinion on this but but i think by doing it that way um then you're the the job market is much bigger or the the, yeah. the available to people um and they are that it's that type of person and that's the wrong word that type of role is where often the job boards say in the philippines are are positioned it doesn't mean the people that are looking for jobs are that caliber. As in, what I mean by that is, you often got people with many years of corporate experience of, you know, mainly most people we ever have got degrees, if not beyond masters, and et cetera, yeah. um, but also massive experience. So, so if you, and, and, but they're actually still looking on the same job boards and trying to say that the people who are just at entry level are. So, and if you experience that, and, and if that's one of the reasons you do it. Yeah, so we actually, so we 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 have two pricing structures. So we have the general VAs, and these are people that are doing general work. But then we have premium VAs. So these are people that have that have got um, they've got a unique skill or set of experience. So it could be that they're you know they're bookkeepers. In fact, the, my my um, uh, finance director. Uh, is a qualified accountant. She's still a virtual assistant working in the Philippines, but she came in at that entry level and, and you know, with that experience and she and she moved up. Um, so, yeah, we do have the premium VAs um, uh, and in order to attract people that perhaps, you know, they're, they're web developers or they've got SEO skills or, you know, something like that, like I say, bookkeeping, then we have to pay them more in order to keep and retain those people. Yeah, there's a brilliant book. I don't know if you read it called by Donald Miller called Business Made Simple. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it basically it's the if I can remember the phrase he talks about it, but it's um it's something like a value-driven professional. That's not quite the expression, but it's basically the term is about people understanding their worth and how they add value to an organization. And it's one, it's a book that I get all my staff to read. And I think what I find uh, when they read it is they're quite astonished I've asked them to read it um, because the premise of the book is basically it's geared at both employers, as in business owners, yeah. et cetera, and the staff. And the idea is that you want the, you want people to be able to add massive value to your company. And like you just, just said then, the reason I brought this up is if you don't then reward them for the value they add, then they'll go and they will get offered other jobs or they'll realize that they're getting underpaid for the, the value they now add and they will go looking for other jobs. Yeah. And so it's so important. I think when you, when you have people in, you may hire them as a bog standard, if that exists, you know, an entry level assistant. But it's really important that you understand that that people's value goes up over time and just the time with with the organization as well. And, uh, absolutely. And, you know, when part of part of our training that we give virtual assistants is um, mindset and, if you like, attitude training. And that is part of what we what what we say to, to, to VAs. We say, you know, being a virtual assistant, you are although you're being paid by the hour, you're not really being paid for your time. What you're really being paid for is the value that you bring to that company. And if you bring value and you're coming up with ideas and contributing and, you know, you're, you're, you're foreseeing what needs to be done and you're doing it, then you've got a job for life. You know, nobody is ever going to get rid of somebody that provides real value. And absolutely. So, and for us, um, it is really important that we recognize the value that people bring and we pay them accordingly as well. So yeah. it's very, very important. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, one thing that I know it, it's something I struggled with for, for many years in really getting my head around, and I know it's a a fear or a barrier, or there's there's it's it's a reason people don't use foreign um remote workers. And that is about um well not just foreign, but it's, it's I guess it's staff in general, because it's more about how do you not just communication in general, but communicating values? So how do you um what's the word I'm looking for? How do you get your spread your values throughout your organization so that when people are representing you, that they're doing so in a way which is in line with your values? Because having a team of a hundred, that is, you know, something that must be a challenge. And especially when they're coming from different cultures and working remotely. Well, I think I can demonstrate the answer to this question. If you just give me a quick second there we go oh there you go <laughs> for those so of you every time we have a every time we have an internal meeting this is the virtual background that we use for those of you just listening on the podcast i just want to describe oh, right. exactly okay. what richard, richard right. has then, yes. go on you so, can do richard so okay um so values is is so important you know and um no, Richard, value- let me, let, can i just stop you like, will you bring that back up because i thought it was absolutely brilliant and i just want to actually okay. describe it because it's, right. it's something i'm going to borrow because i'm really uh, i'm driven on values i've talked about values lots in this podcast over the years and um or over the episodes and um very recently i talked about our company meetings being very much focused around our values and i absolutely love what you've done here and i'm going to borrow this idea yeah so what, what rich has done is on the background his virtual background in zoom right now he's got his core values in a nice sort of donut shape it's already nicely nicely done but it's the point is he's actually now displaying behind him in his company meetings his his core values for everybody to see 
And I think that is it was such a, a, a neat idea. So I'm going to borrow that one. Yeah, um, please yeah. do. And, you know, so many, I think so many people, the entrepreneurs, people running businesses, they think, oh, it's really important that we've got, we've got our values. We know what our values are. Um, but they don't do that other bit of, it's, it's okay having values, but you've got to communicate those values, you know, and your values uh, determine your, your company culture, how people behave. So every single virtual assistant needs to fully understand what our values are, what they're what they're all about. So yeah, so we communicate this. And you know, when I'm when I'm mentoring clients, um, I say to clients, you know, you've got personal values and you've got your business values. And I think everybody has these personal values because that dictates how they behave. Most people don't have never actually written them down. And you know, although although they're there, they don't they don't recognize them. When it comes to your business, um yeah you 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 need to think first of all what what are my clients need you've got to think about the client first what what are their problems what are their needs what what is the business that we're bringing to them the solution that we're bringing to them when you understand um your clients problems then you can develop your business values that are going to bring a solution to your client um and when you do that, then you start to set the culture of the business. And that then also gets reflected through in your branding. So there's a whole process that you go through there when it comes to values. Yeah, I was, t- I was talking about this the other day, actually, in, in the podcast. And one of the things that we we do now, this is why I was so excited when I saw your backdrop. Such a, honestly, I'm still, it's such a simple idea. I love it, though. And because <laughs> um, because every company meeting, every team meeting we have each week, once a week, um, we've got a whole team together and there's a whole section of that team meeting, which is actually the biggest part of the meeting now, which is all around values. And we do certain exercises and role plays and things around our, our, our values to, to drive at home every single week that it's not just, it's not just, we're not doing this for the, for the hell of it. We're doing this because we stand for something and we, we, we live by that. And if we don't, you know, if you don't want to live by them, that's fine. Get out and let somebody come in that does. Yeah. And it's really simple. And so we hire, we fire on values. We promote on values um you know we everything is driven around but the decisions we make for our clients and customers and everything so yeah yeah to- totally with you on this one and I've got, just I've got another one here as well so we have another business which is your virtual marketing team yeah and there we some of the values are the same but some of them are different and um yeah you know wow yourself wow the team wow the client and then we've got the uh the, the so wow is our is our core value Okay, and then you can see there the supporting values that that wrap around that. Ah, I'm gonna chat with my graphic designer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not gonna steal your values with those effects, but the, uh... <laughs> well, you'll have your own set of values. Exactly, course, exactly. Yeah. Took me, it took me. You know, just on on this, I think it's it's one of those things that people, or I did anyway. You know, I read a book. I think it was uh, Traction many years ago by mm-hmm. Gina Whitman, and he talks about this and that. You know, how important they are, and I was not like. I dabbled at it. So I had to go for, you know, whatever, pencil them down. And then we started doing it with the team a couple of years later um, with the leadership team. Sorry. And then we got the team involved. I think it's taken me or took me about four years to actually settle on, Mm -hmm. you know what? That's right. That's it. Got it. You know? And um, so I think just, just, I just want to put it out there because when don't feel you have to get this right first time, um, because as you start talking about them and using them, that's when you really think, you know what, that doesn't quite resonate with me. There's something missing there, or um, 
one of the things I think it's Gina Whitman talks about as well, which is um, about having um, qualifying statements for each one. So mm-hmm. rather than saying integrity, which everybody has and means nothing, is, well, what does integrity mean to your business? What does it actually display or show and the behaviours that actually display that, so that, that what integrity means? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, could like, about, I could talk about values you, for hours. It's like you're, you're, you're why behind the why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's um, a, a great uh, book um, by a guy called Chat, um, called The Right Clients. And... Um, I've interviewed Chat on the on the podcast before, and I can't. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name because I, I can't pronounce his surname, unfortunately. But the book's called The Right Clients, and um, he uh, talks a lot about values in that as well. And mm-hmm. it's so much about when you have a business. Um, and so we're going off on a bit of a tangent on values, but it's something I'm passionate about. Um, and working with people who have the same values as you, as in like the people your clients, um, is to me is equally important because we've had people that, in hindsight, they probably were. I should have probably said no. Yeah. Um, and as years go on, I get more confident in doing that and how we do that quite regularly. Um, and actually push people away. You know, I don't think it's a yeah. good fit. And because yeah. uh, if you don't, and the reason I say this, if you work with clients, everyone listening to this, if you if you're a service-based industry, you work with clients, most people work with clients, if you have the option to choose, and most people do, it may not be obvious at first, um, but actually saying no to the wrong clients has a huge um positive impact on your business as opposed to saying yes to the wrong clients can really drag the team down because you're now everybody has to adapt their behavior to to fit around a client who does not share your value set and that can be it has for us been really hard at times when i've i've missed it or just you know been a bit over the years needing for money or whatever the reason is and just taking somebody on and and regretted it so such an important thing to get right i've been there that's right and um in a way, it can be quite satisfying as well, you know. <laughs> uh, when you, you know, when you first start up in business, you sort of any any client you'll take, any yeah. client, you know, you need the money. Yes, I've bagged another one, um, but then yeah, after after uh, a period of time, you and it becomes easier when you don't need, you're not so desperate for clients. Um, yeah, you know, recognizing that and and you know you go, no, this client is just never going to be right for us. Um, and it's going to have a negative impact on all the people that are going to come into contact with that client. So, yeah, so so we we do it. We'll go, actually, you'd be better off somewhere else. Yeah. I think that, you know, in hindsight, could I go back now to when I, even when I needed the money mm-hmm. and, you know, desperately needed the money in the early days and you just accept somebody's, like, oh, yes, you know, that's the next paycheck for my staff or whatever. And, um, um, but the, the impact of that is that you turn so much of your attention, your energy and your focus yeah. onto someone who's not right, that you actually miss farm opportunities, I believe. And so, um, and it, it is that short-term gain for long-term pain. It, it, <laughs> it's, it the, really it's the opposite way around. It's, it's a bit of experience, isn't it? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. 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 Um, great. I'm going to come back on track a little bit because, um, <laughs> You know, I, as I said, I could talk about values and things for hours. It's so important. But uh, one thing that I am also very interested in and that I, I know that is a worry, and often when I'm speaking with uh, new clients who maybe haven't worked with with virtual staff before, so remote teams around the world, is about security. And this is becoming mm-hmm. you know a bigger and bigger issue for people, um, especially when they're in industries where there's slightly sensitive information, um, that people are worried about GDPR and they don't want to get fall foul of it. I mean, the likelihood of most of the listeners to this, the size of businesses that we are, you know, in the up to the sort of multiple, multiple seven figures, that's not who GDPR is really 
out to get. Um, they're looking for the big, big, big boys who are or big girls who are uh, um, basically uh, buying lists of numbers. So I don't want to over, over, you know, scaremonger people here, but internet security in general is important. I mean, even companies like LastPass, which is a you know a password safe, did a um, a public announcement the day saying there'd been some sort of data breach. So this stuff happens all the time, even to the big companies. So that's a bit of a long intro to a short question, but um, <laughs> again, it's something I'm quite passionate about. So how do you deal with information security when working um, over the internet with your with your virtual teams? Okay, so it's it's a, it's a subject that comes up all the time. And yeah. There are many different things that we do to to make sure that we are being as secure as we possibly can. So, first of all, when it comes to uh, the recruitment side, you know, we it's important that we are doing the right vetting. So we um, in the Philippines. Forgot what it's called, but it's like a police check. So, um, which which the VA actually has to pay for this, um, not us. They pay the the authority, um, and then they they've then got their you know certificate that they can give to us to say that you know we 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 and got I've got a criminal record or anything like that. We take next to kin details and this sort of thing as well. Um, when we take them on, um, we give them a, 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 an offer of engagement, which in, includes an NDA in there as well. So they're not allowed to discuss um, their, if they've got a client through us, they're not allowed to discuss that client's business or what they're doing with anybody, including us. You know, it's strictly between them and the client. Um, so there's the NDA. Then we come on to the whole thing of, of, of such as the internet. So, yes, LastPass is what we um, part of part of the, the education process again that we give to clients is you know use LastPass if you're not using anything else. Use LastPass um, when you're sharing passwords and logins with your virtual assistant, so they won't know what the what the login code is, what, what the password is. Um, and then, you know, if they move on, then you just withdraw withdraw the permission. We also recommend a, a VPN, a, a, a virtual pr a private network um, that, that people can use, which, you know, shields IP addresses and things like that. It adds another layer of, of security in them. Um, then, yeah, there's the whole GDPR. So um, collect, making sure that if you're collecting email addresses that... Um, you have got they've, they've opted in so in fact we use a double opt-in um uh process that we have uh, so that people know that um by giving you their email address they're agreeing that you're going to actually contact them by by email for marketing purposes um so so there's that opt-in as well and and of course that is linked to the privacy policy so people can read what your privacy policy is and agree to that before they actually share any data with you so there's they're the they're the, the various different layers okay fantastic and um so if people are looking to to say work with one of your virtual assistants and they can be you know as, as confident as you can be that things are pretty safe you've, you've covered yeah, most I of the important bases Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the other thing is there's the practicality thing. So, you know, if you've got a virtual assistant and they're doing this work for you, um, there's two things. A, they've got a good job which they're being paid for. So what are they going to do with that data? What are they what are they going to do with the information? Yeah. And, you know, they're not going to sell it to anybody. They've got a very good job and they're well supported. And the, why would they jeopardize that? So there's 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 that sort of common sense element as well to to, to all of this. 
Yeah, I think actually that's quite an important thing because like initially we were talking about the, the security. So obviously there's the actual just checking the person isn't a, you know, a done for fraud and whatever in the past. And that's important. Uh, but a lot of it's about actually what other people hacking your systems, not the person you're employing. Because yeah. if they can find, and, and again, it's, it's very unlikely for most people's businesses when you're not a big target because you haven't, you know, a huge company or whatever. Um, but it's these sort of st- like scare stories people talk about and those things, steps that you've mentioned before, like VPNs and, and not showing passwords, et cetera, um, are really good ones. And one of the things that we do now is to have a, a quarterly, we call it the GDPR check- checklist, but it's it's really just about a data security checklist, really. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's to, to get the, our, our team to just and actually have to give credit. So uh, Punit Abateer, who I interviewed many months ago on the podcast about GDPR and data data protection and data security. And um, and he came up with, he, he suggested some ideas. We just basically formalize it into a system like I do for everything. And um, and so it's just a monthly, sorry, quarterly checklist that goes out. And it's saying, have you used an internet cafe this quarter? Have you um, used a VPN when accessing X, Y, and Z? Uh, have you changed your passwords in the past three months? And it's literally a checklist to say, have you yeah. done these things? And they have to sign it and agree they have. And if they haven't, there's no, it's not disciplinary at all. It's about, okay, cool. Well, let's let's do that now. Let's let's educate you more to understand why that is so important. Yeah. Um, and if nothing else, it'll prompt them once a quarter to, to do those things. And then just a yeah. reminder um, so that's something that that we we've been doing now for a few months and uh, well, more than months now, a few quarters, um, quite successfully. That's a very good idea. Yeah, mm. I'm I'm going to borrow that one, Steve. Yeah, thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, um, Richard, literally, I said it before we started. I could we could talk for hours on this stuff because we uh, we share similar values as we determined when we first spoke. And um, actually, go and tell tell us. I, I, this is this is something that I, I'm glad I remembered to bring this up. Tell us about the charity you support, um, because I think this for me really resonated with me, and it's something that we're actually looking at also supporting in the in the coming uh, for next year. But tell us a little bit about the charity you support before we do finish. Sure. Yeah. So this is one of our one of our core values: giving back. Um, and it's really important that we've got a business with a purpose, and it's not you know it's not just about making money. So. Um, and in fact, that, it's been that from day one. And we used to work with a with an organisation called Buy One Give One, um, which which has systems in place so that small businesses can make a difference, um, a, a big difference. And we used to work with them, and um, the money used to go to um, uh, to uh, feeding children um, in in the Philippines. Um, but we always felt that we were a bit detached from it. We didn't really know how it was being used and what was going on. Um, and then I got introduced to a lady called Jane Walker, who um, runs a charity in the Philippines um, called the Purple Community Fund. And I had a good conversation with her. And then I found that if we actually worked with her, we could really get close to the charity and understand what was going on and meet the children and and this sort of thing so so we now what we do is um every so one of the one of the big problems in the philippines um is that um you know there's a lot of poverty in the in in the philippines um and um so you find that the children that have to work in order to contrib- contribute to put food on the table the family table 
they probably haven't even got a table in fact um but yeah to provide food so they have to work and when i'm talking about ha having to work i'm talking about not very nice work you know i'm talking about working on dumps and things like that finding things that you know walking around in sewage and with rats and you know this sort of thing finding things that they can upcycle to sell so not good work and they're not getting an education so it's just a big vicious circle and what the Pelham community fund do is they provide um food and education to these children um so that they don't have to go and work they can actually get that get that aid so every time a new client comes on board we actually provide a month's worth of food packs to a to, to a child in the in, in the philippines so you know we're our clients are really really sort of community uh, uh contributing to that and um yeah in january in fact we're, we're we're doing some live training i'm going over to the philippines which is the first time i've been i've never actually been there so we're doing some some training in a hotel um in january um at an event that we're putting on and um yeah part of that we're going to be going and we're going to be spending a day with um with the purple community fund and the and the kids and adults uh, they, they provide aid to adults as well but we're we're going to be going over there and, and seeing uh seeing all the good work that they do fantastic well i think it's just such a uh, an amazing cause i really do um so i'm very i'm very glad i remembered i wanted to ask you that question uh before we finished so with that said i think i do need to draw to a close as i said we could okay. talk for hours and hours but um i must appreciate your time i did want to ask you a couple of quick closing questions uh sure. which i always like to before we go uh, you're not gonna have the hook just yet um <laughs> so very simple and a bit of fun but give us a few apps two three apps whatever apps plugins, software that you could not live without okay well um i think first of all i would say zero when it comes to the bookkeeping side um you know having some kind of bookkeeping software is essential for every business um we use zero um we train the vas in zero we're actually a zero partner a wonderful piece of software um just love it to pieces um we also do a lot of property management as well so arthur is another one that, that we use substantially um which is like a if you like it's a crm for your for your, for your properties uh, property management software so certainly couldn't live live without those but the list goes on you know we uh, trello massive fan of trello less annoying crm as a crm system you know there's lots and lots we use lots of different bits of software and you know it's just so important if you want to grow if you want to scale your business if you want to be working with virtual assistants you must use software there's no point in having virtual assistants and not be you know having the processes and having the right bit of software um to do the things that you need to automate the things that need to be done love it great answer uh, who else do you think would be a, a great guest on this podcast so um I let's think from from us from a software or from a systems point of view I would yeah. say I think that um uh, so uh, a fellow that uh, in fact I've just been speaking to 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 uh, to him earlier today and he runs um he's he's a client of ours um and uh he he runs a, a property business and um he's got um he's got four VAs I think from us but he has really really systemized his business very very well he's got lots of systems and processes in place and so his name is Graham Lindsay I can put you in touch with him yeah fantastic. Um, 
uh yeah prim prim property services um he he runs and uh, i think he'd be a really good uh, good guest for him he's a nice guy as well okay perfect and the title of this podcast is systemize your success but what does success mean to you success comes in many many different flavors you know and i think you know a lot of people think oh success is if you people people look at uh, people that are running businesses that that are successful and they people think that success is measured in terms of money and i think it is way down on the list really i think you know for me and this is really where the, where 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 the values come from um for for awaken to business what we want to be doing is making having an impact on people's lives uh we were talking about you know the recruitment um we when when we're recruiting virtual assistants the last thing we actually look at is what formal qualifications do they have you know the first thing we look at is how do they present themselves you know do they look like they they want to be the best version of themselves so it's mindset it's all everything is in the mind here and how they behave and attitude so those are the first things so i think i've deviated a bit from from the question um so you know success for us is making uh, having an impact on the lives of other people you know whether they're children that you know that are being looked after by purple community fund giving opportunities to the right people to become a virtual assistant and train them and all that training we don't charge for it we we, we just want to give people those opportunities we do apprenticeships and things like that so that we can make it have an impact on those on those people's lives with our clients you know we this is why the core value is support it's all about support and that's what people why people are coming to us and we want to help them grow and scale their business and and achieve whatever success means to them great answer again um and very lastly do you believe you can systemize your success and why i think uh if you don't systemize you're never going to be successful it's it's a, it's, a, it's an essential ingredient to to being successful so yeah you have to systemize your success fantastic thanks richard it's been a pleasure okay thanks very much then steve Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success.